Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Uh, let's let's read this out. I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter three, and and the point of me reading this to you is 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 this: is choose your dwelling place. Okay, choose your dwelling place. Who knows that our hearts. Um, uh, not not our physical boom, 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 heart, our spiritual hearts. You know that that part of ourselves, our being, that that empowers the rest of this physical body. That that thing that will go back home one day to heaven. Our spiritual hearts. Who knows that our hearts, when we're going through trials, tribulations, troubles, difficult moments, um, and even just through life, our our hearts will be dwelling on certain things. And these certain things aren't always Christ, right? You know what I'm saying. Um, in fact, I think it's, for me, not to talk about myself too much, but I find that my, uh, my struggle in life is actually that I go to a place first, I dwell in, a, in the wrong place first, and then I come back to Jesus. Who knows? I, like it's like I go to these different places, like especially when I'm going through difficult moments where there's, there's this emotion of anger or unforgiveness or bitterness or rage where I just spend a few moments there until I, I wake up. Like, no, I can't stay there. I can't dwell there. Right? And, and I, I, today I want to talk about that, the dwelling place. Dwelling place. Choose your dwelling place. So let's read. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 um, through to 17. And it says this, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Okay, now just once again, just think about that statement. Sometimes with the Bible, I'm just going to help you if you don't already know this. Sometimes with the Bible, if we don't understand things, and we don't actually know what the author is trying to say, well, what is it that you do? Just keep on reading, baby, because it's about finishing the book. You know what I'm saying, right? It's like I just got to finish my day's, you know, devotion, and uh, I've, I've got a, a plan, a Bible plan I'm on, and I'm just going to get it done. I'm just going to get it done. And uh, the problem with that is, is sometimes we can completely miss a comp like an amazing blessing. The Bible is actually meant to be read slowly and repeatedly. Slowly and repeatedly. That's the point of the Bible. And you may not understand it the first time. Anybody with me on that? You're like, hold up. And, and Paul, when you're reading anything authored by Paul, um, he is like, um, Paul is like, if, if we were to have Paul just turn up right now, you would, you would have this, Probably, he was probably a little man, okay, who talks like at a thousand kilometers an hour. Like, it's like the words just pour, he's extremely like, uh, I mean, his command on words and, and, and his language is amazing. He can, he can think of all that, like, you said a really big word in your communion message, and I was like impressed. What was that word? I forget. It was, it was a good word. I was like, wow, I want to use that word. Yeah, disingenuous. Words like disingenuous. I mean, he, Paul was like, but he, he, was like, he was like a machine gun. And, and, and the, the revelation coming out of this guy's like mouth was in, insane. Like, I mean, give, I'll give you an example. Has anybody just tried to read 
the book of Romans as light reading material and just gotten fully caught up. You're like, whoa, what is going on here? It's like you jumped into a pool and you're trying to find the bottom of the pool. You're like, there is no bottom to this pool. He's like that, okay? And, and, and sometimes my point is this. I'm just going on. But my point is this. With these sorts of little statements, um, we can breeze over it and miss what Paul was saying, okay? And, and I think part of the reason is also, originally the Bible didn't have um, chapters and verses, it didn't have chapters and verses. So we, we just look at that, at what he's saying in a little, oh, that's verse 15. He, he, was, he was just writing. He was just writing. I, I, I think it'd be great to have a Bible that doesn't have all these chapters and verses because it kind of breaks it up a bit and it sort of separates some of what is trying to be said. But think of this. Every family in heaven on earth derives its name from Christ every family did you know that there is a name for you in heaven now there, there has been people who have taken this really literally and when you come to know Christ they change your name so you go from being you know Sam Gotchawalla or whatever to Sam David and because that's a Christian name right and they change your name and I, I, I know that sometimes sometimes People come into places like this and get a little scared because they're scared that you're going to get your name changed. You know, now that I'm a, you know, I have to get my name changed. No. There, there is a name that was written in heaven that you'll find out when you go to heaven that has been there since the beginning of the universe and it is you. It's not just, you weren't just like a, a little sort of, there was a name and Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, they thought of you before they created the universe and your name was on their mind. Whatever that name is, it's, what, it's, it's, that, it's that name that, that when Jesus begins to call you, it's in the depths of your soul. You just know he's calling us that name. And every name, every family in heaven and on earth derives its name from him. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. I like that. I could just stay there, but I'm not preaching about that. Verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. Say it with me. He may strengthen you with power through his spirit, spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, this is one of those moments where they put the 17 in a really weird place, right? Because um, really it should have been, I would have thought it should have been here because there is a statement that, that he finishes here, but they don't put a 17 here, they put it back there. It should have been here, but I, that's my personal opinion. I'm sure these Bible scholars who know way more than me um, actually would have a reason for it, and I'm sorry, but... I reckon you put the 17 in the wrong spot. <laughs> Let's read it without that 17. I pray that out of his glorious riches you may be strengthened. Strengthened. You may be strengthened. How did that happen? Oh, he may strengthen. Yeah, what am I talking about? See, I, absent-minded professor today. I'm sorry. Forgive me in advance. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. 
how does Christ dwell in our hearts? How does Christ dwell in our hearts? Through faith. Now, I just want to stay in this, and you can leave this up to the, to just, the, and I want you to just read that and read that and reread it with me. I want to talk about this for a moment. Because there's, a, there's two things that I want you to see that are going on in this, in this little statement that Paul makes. The first one is that there is glorious riches. I like that. Okay, there is glorious riches. And then I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about all of heaven's blessings. That Paul begins to pray for these people. And, and the reason he's praying for these people is, is because he wants them to be enabled in their enlightenment. He wants them to begin to walk out what Christ is actually doing in them. He wants them to begin to live it out. And it, will, it, it, is, it is supposed to affect everything of their lives, including their work, including their family, including their business dealings, including everything. It's meant to, meant to just leech on out into everything, right? That's where it's meant to be working. So he's praying that out of the glorious riches that are available to everyone who knows Jesus, that he may strengthen, that, that Christ may strengthen you with power, how does he strengthen you with power through his through his spirit okay so so there's a strengthening of power through his spirit okay there's a strengthening of power through his spirit and then there's a dwelling in our hearts through faith. I'm going to do my best to explain this to you this morning. But faith is an interesting statement. It's an interesting thing to say in this moment because first we've got Christ who's strengthening us in our hearts, okay, through His Spirit. But then we've got Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith. Who knows that Jesus wants to dwell in your hearts? But who knows that our hearts don't, don't always dwell on Christ? Why is it that our hearts don't always dwell on Christ? The reason is that we're living in this tent of flesh that is infected by sin that is fooled so easily by its desires, by its thoughts, by things that actually pretend they are more powerful than God in our worlds, but they're actually not. We are so easily distracted. We are so easily taken off course by the behavior of others, by the things that are done to us, by, by, by belief systems that we don't completely understand, by tradition. We, we, there are so many things that just, wanna, that just come and knock us off course because we live in this body that is made of flesh that is actually one day going to empty itself of us and we'll go to be home with Jesus. And the reason why is because we go back to Him is because this body is not able to contain the blessing that Christ has for us. But in the meantime, as we journey towards Him, He wants to grow us and show us the way. The reason why 
the Spirit is coming to strengthen you in power in your inner being is because of this distraction, is because of this, 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 this futility that we have in our hearts. That no matter how we hard we try, no matter how much we think we are strong, we get discouraged. No matter how much we feel that we are going to go and walk forward in confidence and we get into certain situations, in certain circumstances, in certain places, in front of certain people and we feel small. And we try to do all of the things, all of the positive things, all of the good things, all the right things. But even though we've tried so much, we still get ourselves into this place from time to time. And we just wish that we weren't, but we are in that place. Who knows what I'm talking about? You know, our hearts tend to dwell on fear more than they dwell on Christ. You know, our hearts tend to deal, uh, tend to stay in a place of insecurity, dwell in insecurity more than we dwell with Christ. Who knows that, that, that we can get into a place where we, get, we feel that we're entitled to God, changing our circumstances based on our own merit, all of the stuff we've done. And we, we get into a place where we're dwelling on all of the things we've done in order to change what God is doing. Who, who knows what I'm talking I mean, I do this. From time to time, I get it. I get fooled into thinking that I can, I can transact my way into God's favor. You know, it's like cha-ching, cha-ching. Like, oh God, I gave you this. I did this. I gave up this. You know, therefore I deserve. And why is this happening to me? And we dwell in that place. Who knows how easy it is to dwell in that place. Or, 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 or we can dwell in unforgiveness. Oh, that's a good one. Unforgiveness is a great place to dwell. I mean, you can find a whole big mansion there. There's lots of rooms to discover, full of torture instruments, full of, you know, lucky bands that you can flick on people's faces. And, you know, it's just like full. It's full. Places, you know, stuff, you know, weights you can tie around people's neck to throw them into the pool with. And, you know, this is a big old place, the unforgiveness. Joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Okay, you're like, this guy's a bit mad. We can dwell in a place of self-medication. And this could be food, alcohol, drugs, sex addiction. This covers you know, all sorts of areas in our lives where we know that there is some, a place where we go to and at least it's kind of somewhat, somewhat works. It gets me out of this state that I'm in for a few moments and gives me a bit of a solace and it and helps me go to sleep at night. It helps me, it helps me, it helps me, it helps me. And when we dwell in these places... We end up finding our pla- ourselves in a place where we're living in these places that are so bad for us and that can kill us and can, can, t- and can rob us of everything that we have. Or, or another place, I, I'm, I can, it's getting a little heavy, but it gets better, okay? Are you all right? Okay, you're with me? Um, competitive jealousy. Who knows? Oh, that's a good one to dwell in, right? We just think it's healthy competition, but it ain't healthy. You're just jealous. You're just jealous, right? You just don't like what that person has and you want it and you want it and you want it and you want it and you're going to get it off them somehow, right? Jealousy, jealousy. I I know, I know, don't worry, I'm not, any of these things are things that God has just gone, Ryan, okay, Ryan, before. So as I said, I just get the preview before I preach it. God works these things out of me before I preach it. Escapism, that's another one, escapism, that's a dwelling place. 
where we just drop into this escapism. Maybe it would be some fantasies of what it would be if, you know, if this thing had happened and that thing had happened. And if, I, if my account balance was this much, you know, what I would be driving and, you know, where I would be traveling. And we can spend days dwelling in this place. It's amazing. <laughs> okay? Um, and, or, or, or maybe work is a, is, a, is a form of escapism where you're just like, okay, I can't handle what my family's doing. I can't, be, I can't believe what my kids are doing. I, can't, I don't know what's going on. I can't control it. I'm just going to work. And we're just throwing ourselves into work as a form of escapism. <laughs> Toxic relationships can be another place. Well, we know they're bad for us, but, but, but it's just like at least they get us by. At least we can fall in love with the way things could be. <laughs> and we'll pretend that's our reality when the reality, everybody else is like, wow, they fight a lot. I mean, there's a lot of funky stuff going on there. They're never happy when they're around each other. You know, you know what I'm saying, right? Not to say that I'm watching anyone and thinking those sorts of things. I'm just, just giving you examples. Okay, I'm just giving you examples. If you were like, oh, he's seen me, he's seen me, he's seen me. I haven't seen you, okay? Pride is another one. Pride, you know, we can get into a place, oh, well, you know, at least I don't do that. And at least I, you should see me, God, because I'm, you know, look at what they're doing and look at me. I'm better, you know? Hmm. Comparison, comparison is another thing. Anyway, am I going on too long? I'm just going on too long now. It's getting ridiculous. I could go on all day listing out these things that we dwell in. The point is this, we dwell in these places. Why do we need the Spirit to come, if you can put that scripture up again, if, why do we need the Spirit to come and empower us with His, with His glorious riches that we'd be strengthened with power? That power is there so that you can begin to get out of the stuff that you dwell in so often and begin to dwell in Christ. The Spirit is there and He is ready and He is available because He knows how hard it is to be you. He knows how easy we get caught up in just stuff that is just not of God. And I've seen this kind of scripture preached in such a way of like, you know, you've got to make sure you've prepared a dwelling place for God. And if, you know, all the bad things that you're doing right now are not a dwelling place for God and God is going to be angry with you and you better be careful and blah, 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 blah. You know, and, and we kind of feel this heavy heart. That's not what Paul was trying to say. What Paul was trying to say was this. There is the Holy Spirit who knows you really well. And there is power available for you to dwell in Christ, even though you may be dwelling in a place where you know, you know in the depths of your heart you actually shouldn't be. And I don't know how to get out of it. I don't know how to, I don't know how to, I don't know how to, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know, I'm, I'm in too much pain. I'm, I'm just going to keep putting food in my mouth because it's just amazing. You know, and, and we get into these places where we wish it was different, but that's how it is. Just one more glass of red. You know, just, you know, I'm just going to, one more text message, you know, to that girl or guy, you know, just one more. I just, I'm not going to date them, but like, I kind of like it when they say nice things about me. It's 1 a.m. in the morning, you shouldn't be, you should be asleep, and blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. 
We dwell in these places. We dwell in these places so easy. Did you know that there is power available for you to get you out of those places? It's in this gift of the Holy Spirit who is there for you. So you would be enabled to live in victory. And you're like, okay, how do, I, how do I get this? I want it. I want it. Anybody want it? Well, it's right there in the scripture. And this is, this is the gift of the Bible that's there. It was written for you. It wasn't actually written for me to tell you. It was written for you to read and just get this enablement yourself. But, but I'm here to help you in that. That's what my job is. It's right here. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through... Say this word. Christ might dwell in your hearts through... Now, what is faith? Let's change that word, faith, to dependence. That's all it is. Faith is dependence. You know, Jesus came and he said this. He said, unless someone comes to me like a little child, I won't accept them. I was like, that's pretty harsh words. What, we have to... Daddy, we have, we have to crawl or we have to put a nappy on and go to Jesus. We have to be like this child. No, that's not what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying, unless you come to me like a person that actually needs me and that is dependent on me, I got nothing for you. See, how does Christ dwell in our hearts? How do we get this power from the Spirit to overcome all of the stuff that, that, that we have to deal with as people, as human beings, as sinners, as real people? How do we overcome it all? How do we overcome the stuff that just gets us off course all the time? How do we do it? Dependence. 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 How do we depend on Christ? We come with our little box of stuff that we thought would actually cause God to refuse us. That we thought... God would say, oh, you're carrying that. Oh, I see. No, I'm sorry. We don't accept your kind around here. We don't serve your kind around here. This is not for you. We thought God would say that. We can carry those things, those addictions, those things that we're so ashamed of, those things that we wish we could overcome, but we can't, those things that are breaking everything around us. We can carry it to Him, to His cross. Why do we do communion? It's a moment every Sunday where we can carry something to the cross and say, Jesus, I'm carrying this. And I know I'm carrying it. I know I'm a broken sinner. I know I'm not worthy. But I thank you and I receive you, Jesus. I thank you for what you've done. This is who I am. This is who I am. And I want to dwell in you. I want to dwell with you. And he welcomes you with loving arms. Loving arms. He welcomes you in and says, welcome home again. Like, I know I was home only last night and I said the same thing. I'm sorry. I wish it was different, but here I am, God. And you know what? We keep coming back. Keep coming. I'm not excusing sin. I'm not saying that it's okay, but listen to me. If you keep coming back to him eventually, it's like the distance is going to get longer and longer in the things that you struggle in because you'll just want to dwell in Christ and you'll come to know the fact that Christ is dwelling with you and he has made a home with you in your own heart, in your inner being, through faith, through dependence.
How rich is the Bible? How rich is this? I'm just, I'm just enamored by what is written here because it is so powerful for me and my own personal life. And I know for each of you that this could change everything. I know there are struggles in this room where you are so ashamed, where you wish it was different, but it ain't. Please, bring this to this Jesus. Loves you so much. He loves you so much. And that's why Paul goes from this moment into the next section of this where he says, you may be rooted, uh, you, may be, you may have power. Sorry, uh, let me go up. Verse 17, from verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. faith and I pray that, that you being rooted and established in love. In love what establishes you in all of this is the fact that Jesus loves you so much and he accepts you. This is what I'm talking about. That you may have power together with all of God, the Lord's holy people, that's you and I, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love surpasses, it goes beyond all knowledge. You can't even understand it. You know, in this world today, we say these things like knowledge is power. Yes, knowledge is power. But let me tell you something that surpasses knowledge. It's God's love for you. You won't be able to understand it. It's uncanny. It's unfair. It doesn't make sense. You won't make sense of it. Why does this Jesus love me so much that he did all he did? Because he does love you. And love isn't supposed to make sense. <laughs> that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I've been reading this great book. Um, it's called The Relentless Tenderness of Jesus. And uh, it's by a guy called um, Brendan Manning. Bren Brennan, I always put D's in things, Brennan Manning. And, uh, oh shucks, here it is. Yeah, okay. Oh no, I lost my page. Mm, okay, I'm going to get it for you. And I'm going to close this scripture, I mean this sermon. Just let me, I'm still, I've, this is a fairly new thing, this Kindle. So I need to, uh, one sec. Go, go to, go to. Notes. Ha. Yes. <laughs> I win, Kindle. Once upon a time, and this is about God's love. Once upon a time, there was a girl named Jackie who lived in the ghetto of a large American city. She never knew her father. Whoever he was, he was never married to her mother. Jackie lived with her mother, but never knew a mother's love. Her mother was harsh, cruel, brutal. It didn't take Jackie long to discover the truth about the long line of uncles who periodically stayed with them. Growing up in this kind of jungle, surrounded by bitterness and contempt, Jackie quickly built up a hard shell of self-defense. People were out to get what they could, and if you were in their way, they would trample you. As she advanced into her teens, she became an object of interest for men. But that was just the trouble. She was merely an object, a source of entertainment, a Kleenex girl, they called her, to be used and tossed away. Jackie felt the only way she could survive was to get the world before the world got her, so she tuned out, cut off, closed in. And then one day, in summer, she met, quite by chance, a young graduate student who was working in the ghetto as part 
of his field experience in social work. His background had been much different from hers. He had grown up with love, understanding and trust. Consequently, consequently, he was a secure man who valued himself, not for what he accomplished, but just because of who he was. Peter was a warm, loving person. When he first saw Jackie, he greeted her with a friendly smile. But she gave him one of those, if looks could kill, glances in return. This didn't put Peter off. He continued to say hello day after day. At first, Jackie only sneered, but little by little, his warmth and openness began to penetrate her shell. One day she gambled on a nod. A day or, later, a day or so later, she mumbled, Hi. She still thought he was just like the rest of the men she knew, even though his tactics might be a little subtler. But she was simply a nice, but he was simply a nice guy whose heart had reached out with a gratuitous offering of sympathy, sympathy and compassion. She couldn't believe he was honestly interested in her just for herself. But she began to hope it might be true. A strange transformation began to take place. Her vulgar language was the first thing to change, followed by a new concern for personal appearance. It wasn't just the externals like combed hair, washed face, clean clothes. A new inner light started to show itself as a new person, she was beginning to bloom and his love seemed to be responsible for it all. He wasn't just playing social worker, he was deeply interested, he cared, he gave himself. In her response to his gift of friendship, she was called to an attitude of trust that became very painful. For eventually, she found herself, she found herself forced to turn away from her old convictions and suspicions. In a real sense, she died to her old self. The mask, the phony facade, the front she hid behind were all, were all, all were shredded. At the end of that summer, he told her of his love and forced the issue. She was brought to a brink. If she acknowledged her love for him, she would be opening herself to the risk of rejection. And there had been plenty of that already. But after a torturous struggle, she made the leap and surrendered her heart in trust. It seemed she had abandoned everything, yet she felt richer for it. She had become a new person. In a sense, this story of Jackie and Peter is the story of our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The attraction is rooted in the beauty and the enchantment, the personal magnetism and compelling power of the master. His words are like any others. There is no greater love than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. I call you, I call you my friends. Abide in my love. These things I have spoken to you that, may, that my joy may be in you and your joy may be filled. Peace is my gift to you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust in me. I'm going now to prepare a place for you. And after I have gone and prepared you a place, I'll return to take you with me so that where, I'm, where I am, you may be too. Jesus says, you didn't choose me. No, I chose you. These are phenomenal statements. What deity of any great world religion has ever spoken with such breathtaking tenderness.
incredible familiarity, indomitable, tool, indomitable confidence, and spellbounding, and spellbounding power. This little story of Peter and Jackie just struck me in my heart, like, because really this is the journey I've had with Jesus. And it means everything because this series of, that we've been on, dealing with superstition, dealing with fear, really, I believe this, superstition is just a reaction to the fear that we have about everything in this world and we're born into, that we have come in as orphans, unloved, and by ourselves, and we come in naked and go out in a box, and there's not much in between. But let me tell you something. Like Peter came into this world of Jackie and rescued her, Jesus comes into our world and rescues us, and he's there, and he's there, and he's there, and love does present challenges. Because you know that if you accept that love, There's things that you have to leave behind that are actually just measures that you've taken to protect yourselves in the, in the past anyway. They've not really been that effective, but they've worked momentarily. I want to encourage you this morning to accept Him wherever you're at. Accept this love that He is just pouring out on and for you. He wants you to come to Him he wants you to know that He loves you just as you are. He has moved heaven and earth for you. Through the ages of time, for this moment right now, and maybe you've accepted Him already, maybe you haven't. doesn't matter. We can accept Him and accept Him and accept Him again as we realize the fact, the fact that there is this Jesus who wants to dwell in our hearts through faith and dependence. And that there is power available that changes everything. That no matter what we walk through, no matter what we go through, no matter what challenges come, we're in Christ and it doesn't matter. We're in Christ and it's all good. These earthly things that we wish for and hope for and things that we wish would change that may not change because they're earthly and broken, but we're in Christ. We're in Christ. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at c3mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.